leaders must own everything in their world. There is no one else to blame. Jocko Willink. You are listening to Audible Allies Leadership Lessons with Wham Bam Cam. From over a decade in retail to half of one in the corporate world, I hope you will join me as I reflect and share some personal wisdom with you on how to enhance and grow your own traits as a leader, either through your work or personal life. Next up is leadership lesson number two, intro to ownership. Welcome back, allies. As I was getting ready to launch this new leadership series for you all, I struggled with what lesson to do first in the series. Last lesson, we discussed ego and how to beat it, which in my opinion, is a missing trait in a lot of leadership that I see. From the veteran 30 to 40 year leader, to the fresh ones right out of college, and to the ones promoted in blue collar work for their get the job done mindset. Ego is something that can crop up and get in the way of leaders each and every day. But this week, we will talk about ownership. Now, to those that know me, and to those who have picked up on all of the mentions in my episodes, you can make a safe bet that I'm a huge fan of ownership. Now, I say that word, and it can mean different things to many people. So let's put it into context for today's lesson. Now, I used to know this concept as accountability which is defined as taking responsibility for and ownership of your decisions, actions, and the consequences thereof. But sometime in 2016, I received and read a book entitled Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. I know, shocker, right? I've only mentioned it in just about every episode. But allies, this was one of my first exposures to the ownership path. So when I read that book, I learned a new way to look at accountability, which Jocko and Leif referred to as ownership. Their definition of ownership, if you can even constrain it to one thing, is this. A leader must take responsibility for your team's failures, not just the successes. A leader takes responsibility for everything in their world, both up and down the chain of command. And extreme ownership is a mindset, an attitude. See, I was struggling with my leadership back in 2016. Really bad. I had reached my rope's end with my position back then with Habitual Offender. My sister, the medic, ended up sending me a video about three minutes in length that I have discussed on Audible Ally before. The video is entitled Good, and is a small motivational story from Jocko on why you should say good, even when everything seems to be going sideways. I won't go into detail on that bid, I've talked about it many times before on this podcast, but I will link it in the description of today's lesson so you can go listen to it. Do it. But that led me to search up this Jocko guy. Who was he and why did that video affect me so much? Well, once I researched and saw everything he had done, I saw he had a book and a podcast. See, I was already reading leadership books back then. Things like What Got You Here Won't Get You There and Who Moved My Cheese and many others, each one I took something from. While waiting on that book, I began listening to Jocko's podcast. And then when the book came, I read it. (laughs) That's how it all started, allies. The book is where the concept I began to follow started. Extreme Ownership. 
It's no secret that a lot of my own leadership style the last few years has come from Jocko, but he is only a very small piece of that very complex puzzle. Jocko started me down looking for other leaders, other motivators, other teachers. Simon Sinek is an author and motivational speaker, and one of my other favorites when it comes to leadership material. His book, Start With Why, changed how I would look at solving problems that seemed impossible. Go check that out. He was once the instructor of strategic communications at Columbia University and is a staff member of the Rand Corporation. And in 2020, he started the Optimism Company, a digital learning platform that offers live online classes and on-demand courses on leadership, purpose, and culture. Now, I could not find a direct quote on ownership from Simon, but I did find this that definitely speaks to it. He once said, Accountability is not just taking responsibility for one's actions, but also about being accountable to others. Why am I telling you all this, allies? Why am I making it a point to share with you some leaders I look up to and mold my leadership to? Well, as I've said before, I'm no expert leader. And in a world saturated with motivational speakers and influencers, I'm just one of many. Many of these speakers and influencers are just recycling information and attempting to claim it as their own. See, this is where I know that I'm different. Nothing. I say nothing I'm going to discuss in any of these leadership lessons is of my own. These ideas, these concepts, they've existed for decades, some of them even for centuries. What I am attempting to do with this information is to present in a way that is digestible for a different audience. Maybe those that are just starting out in leadership, those who have led for many years and are looking for a way to change and enhance their leadership. And even those who've never even thought about leading and were too afraid to take the leap. So with that being said, just about everything I speak about, ownership specifically, is not my original thought, nor will I ever claim it to be. But let's start with my definition of ownership. For me, ownership is this, what I've learned all those years ago, and then, you know, putting ownership into practice daily. Simply put, my definition of ownership, making thoughtful choices as if the end result will affect you. Making thoughtful choices. That's the important part. And that's everything I learned. Take care, allies. I'm just kidding. There's so much more, and I could probably do a dozen episodes on ownership alone. Maybe one day I will. But for today's purpose, I will try and show you on a normal day what ownership means and why as leaders you have to have this concept down. Now, I had been introduced to ownership before in the business world, long before I read the book or even knew who Jocko was. It was early in my career with Habitual Offender, and the company had decided to give all employees stock options from within. This was a privately traded company, no external shareholders, so the decision was huge. Of course, I didn't know it back then. I just went ka when I heard it. The next day after the announcement, our location's top leaders was walking around to every single employee and handing them a letter to describe more in detail what the stock meant for each employee. But he was also handing out something else. A small silver key with a handwritten tag tied to it that had our company's logo on it, and under that, the word OWNER in all caps. When he handed me mine, he even said to me, Here you go, Wham Bam. The key to our business is now in your hands. Allies, what a moment that was for me. At that point, I became sort of empowered. I literally owned a piece of the company I worked for. Standing there, staring at that key, which I still have to this day, by the way, 
I had a shift in my mindset that what I did mattered to the outcome of the company I worked for. Now, it was no massive scale, but I had a quicker step. Picked up trash on the floor when I walked by it and tried to make smarter decisions when it came to certain escalations or problems. As good as that was, ownership is some of these things, but not all of it. In the opening chapter of Extreme Ownership, Jocko goes into great detail about one of his first tactical missions in Iraq. One of the first things he led as a commander. His team had been called into the city, a multi-pronged approach that ended up becoming a blue-on-blue. One of the worst, if not the worst, situation that can happen in any military op. A blue-on-blue is simply this. Friendly fire, or attacking your own teammates. There was one Iraqi casualty, and one of Jocko's team was hit in the face pretty bad, but survived. Someone had made a bad call during this op. During the debrief, Jocko stood in front of the team, preparing to discuss what happened. I'll now read from the book. A few minutes later, I walked into the platoon space where everyone was gathered to debrief. The silence was deafening. The CO sat in the front row. The CMC stood ominously in the back. The seal that had been wounded, fragged in the face by a fifty caliber round, was there, his face bandaged up. I stood before the group. Whose fault was this? I asked to the room full of teammates. After a few moments of silence, the SEAL, who had mistakenly engaged the Iraqi soldier, spoke up. It was my fault. I should have positively identified the target. No, I responded. It wasn't your fault. Whose fault was it? I asked the group again. It was my fault, said the radio man from the sniper element. I should have passed our position sooner. Wrong, I responded. It wasn't your fault. Whose fault was it? I asked again. It was my fault, said another SEAL, who was a combat advisor with the Iraqi Army clearance team. I should have controlled the Iraqis and made sure they stayed in their sector. Negative, I said. You are not to blame. More of my SEALs were ready to explain what they had done wrong and how it had contributed to the failure. But I had heard enough. You knew whose fault this is? You know who gets all the blame for this? The entire group sat there in silence, including the CO, the CMC, and the investigating officer. No doubt they were wondering whom I would hold responsible. Finally, I took a deep breath and said, There is only one person to blame for this me. I am the commander. I am responsible for the entire operation. As the senior man, I am responsible for every action that takes place on the battlefield. There is no one to blame but me. But I will tell you this right now. I will make sure that nothing like this happens to us again. It was a heavy burden to bear, but it was absolutely true. I was the leader, I was in charge, and I was responsible. Thus, I had to take ownership of everything that went wrong. Despite the tremendous blow to my reputation and to my ego, it was the right thing to do. The only thing to do. See, allies, this is how the ego ties in. And even in the face of such a hard choice, leaders have to take ownership of the situations, either good or bad. Were there others that should have, could have been blamed? Yes. Should Jocko have even let others take ownership as the leader? No. But I can tell you, I know Jocko allowed those individuals time to help work on the plan to make sure that mistake did not happen again. Because as the leader, it's not about you, but it is all on you. Could you imagine being one of those that day in the debrief? Maybe someone who didn't radio the commands very well, thinking the whole thing is your fault, and then seeing your commander get up and ask whose fault it is, and then proceed to take the blame himself? How would that make you feel? Relieved for sure. For me personally, I would have had a touch of guilt. 
but pride and respect in the leader who made sure that we moved forward and learned from the lessons rather than passing on blame. This leads me to one of my favorite quotes from Simon Sinek. Let us all be the leaders we wish we had. So with all of that in mind, let's shift gears a bit. Think about it. What in your work is not quite working the way you want it to or need it to? Is there a team project that is not quite going the way that is needed? Perhaps you are struggling with another team that is not performing well. Or even this, an employee of yours is not performing well. This is why in the series I wanted to begin with ego rather than ownership. Because how do you fix the issues above? Should you? The answer is this. If it affects your mission or goals for the company, the answer is yes. And you should be taking ownership of these things. But your ego is going to rise up in your mind and tell you that it's not your problem. Hell, it could be doing that right now as you are hearing me speak. No, wham bam, you're wrong. If the project is failing, it's because the others are not contributing enough. Oh, that other team is underperforming because of A, B, and C, so I can tell my bosses that I'll be fine. Or, they're just a bad employee. How is this my fault? If, and big if they're allies, if you thought those things, then your ego has definitely come into play. In fact, if any other thought came into your mind about these situations other than fixing them, then ego is definitely involved. To truly take ownership, you have to be able to remove the ego from the equation. And as I said last episode, that is no easy feat. For those not sure how to begin, you first have to detach, pull back. Remove yourself from the situation as I have discussed before. Then think. So here's a few ideas. If the team project is not going so well, how can you communicate that to the team without ostracizing anyone and motivate to get the job done or improve? If the other team is underperforming and their output affects yours, how can you insert yourself into a situation that can give guidance or even help? Is there a way to give them balance or resolve an issue that is causing them to not perform or output what you need? If so, then you help with that. And finally, we will be discussing this topic in a lot more depth in a future episode. But for the underperforming employee, what have you done to make sure they can be as successful as possible? Do they have all the right tools and resources needed? Is the training up to par? Do they understand your goal and mission? I'm a firm believer that no one comes to work to do a bad job. Some need more guidance than others, and that's all. But as the leader, it is our job to make sure that our teams are performing. There are no bad teams, only bad leaders. A chapter directly from extreme ownership. So don't worry, we will get to that topic very soon. So you may be asking, what does taking ownership do then, wham bam? It seems I'll just have more work to do if I do all of your recommendations. Well, I'll tell you this. You are right, but so am I. See, by taking ownership, truly, Taking ownership? You are building relationships at a much deeper level. What do you think all of those people will do if you went about each situation like that? If you don't know the answer, think about it this way. If someone came to you needing something, but you could not get it to them because of something else, but then they helped you complete it so you could move on to their thing to help, how would you feel? That's your answer. And next time they need something, you are probably more apt to help them quicker 
as you know they truly care about what's affecting you as well, even if it does help them at the end, that doesn't matter. You are now both working more productively together to accomplish the goals for your business. So, if taking ownership of a bad situation could get you fired, should you really do it? Yes. Longtime listeners will remember a story I told back on Audible LA Lesson 3, How and When to Jump Ship. For those who don't, you should 100% go back and listen to that lesson. It has a lot of my personal lessons in it. But let's quickly go back over it so we can set the scene. There was a location at my job that was underperforming and it needed new leadership. So I was offered the chance to go in and take the position there. It was a busy day, employees hustling all around, help from other departments involved to keep us on time. And I was in the thick of it. For in that time, my plan was ultimately me. I was so far in the weeds, I could not detach to make a good call. So there we were, struggling just to get orders out. When I hear a knock at our door, I was taken back a bit. This was an employee entrance, and, well, they can come in with their code. So who would be at the door during this time? I went and opened the door to see a customer standing there. And as soon as I opened the door, they attempted to walk right in. They could not be in our area as it was a safety risk, so I quickly stepped into the doorway to block them. Hey, can I help you? I stated quickly to their startled reaction of me moving into the way. They answered, stating that they had an order to pick up. I go, well, you can't do that here. This is an employee entrance. I replied curtly and pointed to the sign right next to the door in bright red lettering. You have to go to the front where the parking lot is around the building, I continued, but with a roughness in my voice now. There are signs out there instructing you what to do to get your order. And I closed the door abruptly and walked away, stating loudly, stupid customer. In hindsight, not a great thing to do in front of all of your employees, but what's done is done. And we all went back to work finishing that crazy day with no further issues. A day or so later, I was called into our location's general manager's office. I went to his office and he motioned for me to come in. He was a longtime leader with the company, many, many years of dedication and service. But he didn't even say hello as I walked in and went straight to the point. He brought up the customer at the door incident and asked me if that had happened. Why, I asked him, did the customer call and complain? No, the customer did not call, he replied. But let me ask you, did you call a customer stupid? A moment of clarity hit me, like that metaphorical ton of bricks. If the customer had not complained, then it was one of my employees who had made the report. A realization that stunned me. I looked my boss in the eyes as I answered truthfully, Yes, sir. Now, because of my honesty, I was slapped with a suspension pending HR investigation. Later, I was reinstated due to my many years of service and the fact that I had never done anything like this before. Oh, and because I was honest when I had asked if I had done it. Because I had taken ownership. I was not fired on the spot. And with that, allies, that will conclude this week's episode of Audible Allies Leadership Lessons Number 2, Intro to Ownership. I have so much planned for these lessons with you allies, and I plan on getting a new lesson each week with some sprinkling of the main vein of Audible Ally here and there. But for leadership lessons, I plan on getting a lot of guests on. So far, I have two lined up. That's right, two leaders booked to come and record their thoughts on leadership just for you allies. One has been on this podcast before. The other will be brand new and is currently a listener. Hit the episode description up for my link tree. You can find all my socials there to stay plugged into Audible Ally. I'm on TikTok, Facebook, and the gram. Hit that like and follow to stay up to date, and even shoot me a message or interact with the content. 
Yes, it's for the algorithm, but I'm using these platforms to ultimately drive more to come and listen to this podcast. So, if you like the podcast or my social content, then please follow and share. It would mean the world to me. Now, yes, for those of you who remember the customer at the door situation, it didn't really get better for me at my work after that. Yeah, I wasn't fired. But it did lead to other events that led me to eventually leave the company and find a new career path. But that at least was on my terms. But as I look back, it was due to me taking ownership of the initial situation. And then later, when it was all crashing down, looking myself in the mirror, I would just say one word. Good. So allies, go take ownership and be those leaders we all wanted in our careers. Because if you don't, then who will? My name is Wham Bam Cam, and thank you for allowing me to be your Audible Ally.